Welcome to Accessible Airways on CJSW 90.9 FM. We have a new host. His name is Quinn. He is interviewing Rhonda, talking about the inclusive post-secondary program at St. Mary's University and at University of Calgary. Hello and good day listeners, welcome to a special interview here on Calgary's community and campus radio station CJSW 90.9 FM. My name is Quinn and this past August I had a chance to interview Rhonda Frizzell, the former executive director of the inclusive post-secondary education program here at the University of Calgary. Hello Rhonda, welcome to CJSW and thank you for coming in today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Quinn. I'm glad to be here. So my first question is, what is the history behind IPSI and how did this program start? Sure. Well, um, so what happened uh, quite a while ago, Quinn, is there was a group of very invested parents that felt that uh, their children with disabilities, adult children with disabilities, should have access to higher learning. So what they did is they became a group of advocates. Uh, They were very, very fortunate to form a very powerful uh, partnership with the University of Calgary and ended up achieving funding for the program um, back in 1992. Uh, So what happened from there is um, in 2001, uh, we expanded the education part of our services to employment as well. So that would be looking at um, for people that have graduated from inclusive post-secondary education or IPSI, which we'll call it for short, for the sake of the interview, uh, felt that you know uh, they could move from uh, higher learning into inclusive employment as well. So uh, in 2001, uh, that part of our services was introduced, which then moved into St. Mary's University in 2004. So currently that means that at both campuses, uh, that being uh, University of Calgary and St. Mary's University here in Calgary as well, uh, that we have both our uh, inclusive education, so inclusive higher learning, um, and then we have our inclusive employment to follow as well. That's wonderful. (laughs) It Uh, really is. How many students do we have here at the University of Calgary and... um, St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, currently we do have 13 students here at the University of Calgary, and then over at St. Mary's University currently have three. Uh, now, that being said, we certainly do have a lot more demand uh, than those numbers would reflect, but, um, you know, it's it's a journey in sort of um, creating uh, those sorts of systemic supports, as well as acquiring the funding uh, for those sorts of expansions. My next question is, how does IPSI work with students? Like, what is the model that you use? Like, um, I know we have universal design learning. Mm-hmm. So how do, how is that integrated with this program here? Sure, sure. One thing I wanted to mention, Quinn, and, and then I'll uh, get to your question directly, is uh, there is uh, other IPSC programs in the city of Calgary as well. Um, so we're just one of three. Uh, we also have IPSC services over at Mount Royal University, um, and that is uh, run by the university itself. And then we do have uh, offerings as well at uh, Ambrose University and Bow Valley College, and those would be run by an organization called Inclusion Alberta. So just to kind of make it clear that we're not the only option out there for people interested in this kind of service, but uh, you know, it's uh, also good. Each program's slightly different, and I think that's a very positive thing. Um, so, people who are interested in uh, inclusive post-secondary higher learning, you know, can look at all those options. So, are we the only city with this kind of model? 
Yeah, great question. Um, you know, inclusive post-secondary education has expanded throughout the world. Um, not too long ago, I was at a conference over in the UK where there was um, IPSC programs from all over the place getting together and talking about what they're doing, um, sort of the vision for the future, um, you know, sort of connecting to the UN. Um, so there's been some lovely, lovely progress. So still a rather unknown phenomenon, uh, I think, in the in the world of services for uh, adults with uh, intellectual disabilities, but certainly one of the most fascinating and um, innovative and potential building as well. And that leads into our next question, which is, um, what uh, model do we use? Mm-hmm. Like, is this model used across all the campuses here, or is it vary from, say, UFC to St. Mary's or Ambrose? What is that model? Yes, good question. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because most campuses offer something called accessibility services as well, um, which is a little bit different uh, than what we do. But in some of the IPSC environments, they're a little bit more connected. Um, so accessibility services, for example, here on the University of Calgary campuses offer accommodation services for any student, whether that be a temporary need for uh, some accommodation services or something a little more long term. Um, so our services are a little more different in that we look more um, at a couple of components and we facilitate success uh, for the students uh, that require supports. So we're looking at predominantly modifying curriculum so that we sort of create uh, an equity in terms of the learning outcomes uh, across the board for students uh, in higher learning environments. So a couple of areas that we that we target to look at um, success and commitment on campus would be, for one, um, classroom involvement. So we want people to be able to access classrooms and participate and um, get get a lot out of the lectures. Most of the um, environments here at UCalgary, for example, are lecture-based. Um, so that's something that we work at in terms of working with students so that they get the most out of their classroom experience. Another one that's very important is campus engagement. So um, as with any traditionally enrolled enrolled student, uh, those that are diverse learners um, want to experience uh, other things out of campus life versus just the learning outcomes. So that would be forming relationships, getting involved in recreational activities, foraging natural supports, uh, those kinds of things. So we actually have a designated position in our organization, a lovely lady named Bethany, um, who is our campus engagement facilitator that works with each student to support those outcomes as well. And then really looking at coursework, which means that uh, the students would spend time with a team of facilitators. It can be, you know, a couple of people over a period of time that would help them to look at what they're learning in class. Uh, And then there's assessment that results from that that would indicate that they're learning in the classroom environment. So all of those things are quite important. And and looking at the general facilitation model, Quinn, um, that means that we're working to support outcomes, but we kind of want to get out of the way. So it's sort of a journey towards as much independence as possible for an individual um, with as much personalization within their services. But the ultimate goal, and it's a bit counterintuitive sometimes, is that the facilitator really wants to make themselves a bit invisible in the lives of that individual, especially over time. That's a a great model. Where does the uh, universal design come in to this 
Yeah, it's a it's a big thing and so so important. It's still a little bit um, outside of the realm currently of a lot of IPSC services, but at the same time, UDL or Universal Design Learning is ultimately looking at classrooms themselves that are set up to support as much diversity in students as possible, and that doesn't necessarily mean just persons with disabilities. Um, it means maybe uh, um, adult learners, um, folks that are, are getting into the learning environment a little bit uh, uh, at more advanced stage than uh, introductory students. It also means um, individuals that may have English as a second language, um, just as a couple of examples. And really, really having uh, pre- professors um, looking at creating classroom design that support sort of um, a neutral setting in terms of opportunities for learning. And that might be different forms of, of presentation when it comes to lecture, being that some of that might be verbal, some might be visual, um, some might be written, um, but also just even the setup of a classroom and that it might support people in different ways. So we're really, really excited to um, have some excitement as well generated on campus correspondingly um, so that um, professors, and some of them are very engaged at this point, um, are interested in those kinds of models. And I wanted to also point out that within that realm, Quinn, um, when we look at our team of support, it's not really just about our organization. It's about the relationships with the, our university partners that we've forged over time. So when we look at our facilitation team, um, now uh, looking at University of Calgary, for example, that includes um, student mentorship. So we have, for example, the Peer Helpers Program, where students uh, here on campus might be working with our students in IPSC to help them to navigate uh, uh, the campus environment, um, all those kinds of things so that they're successful. And in turn now, and I know you know a little bit about this as well, we're looking at being part of student orientation for new students here at UCalgary this fall. So our students now are in turn uh, going, going, uh, going around and able to, uh, to have those opportunities reversed. So we think that's really, really great. And also wanted to really, really clearly state that part of our team now is is professors and, and teaching assistants. So all of us work together in terms of looking at the outcomes for success. Um, but most predominantly, I have to go back to the relationships with university partners. Um, without those, the programs that we have here wouldn't exist. And we certainly now have access to all kinds of services on campus through them that help our students directly and indirectly. Um, one thing I wanted to add as well in terms of our facilitation team um, now is looking at employment facilitators, which are also part of our team. Uh, most of our students uh, work predominantly on their studies and campus engagement, but we do some things with students uh, that would indicate their journey towards employment because that is really our ultimate outcome when we look at education services is employability. So uh, over the summer, for example, this summer, we're working with a program, wonderful program here in the city uh, and, and beyond, certainly called Mentor. And that means that students can go into employment opportunities and sort of have a taste of what those things might look at so that they can garner sort of a bank of interest for the future. So that's been really wonderful. Um, so broadening the world of the students is is phenomenally important uh, and looking at their journey towards as many natural supports in their lives as possible. So as professional supports, again, we want to step out of the way so that, you know, uh, when they're beyond their experience at the university, uh, they have created a natural uh, network of support that they can use throughout their lives. I think that's, that's, that's really great to hear about that the um 
the partnerships that have been built along the way with the University of Calgary. How is the partnerships with the uh, professors and facilitators within UC? I think it's a very powerful partnership, Quinn. I think that the predominant relationship, though, is between the professor and the student. Again, we're just there to sort of um, provide the student with the opportunity and the skills, particularly looking at things like soft skill development. Um, so as much as uh, what happens here is is very experiential and uh, it looks at learning outcomes, soft skill development and things like communication and um, being a decision maker and a critical thinker and all of those things are going to help our students to navigate through those environments um, in any stage in their life. Um, so I think that, you know, us supporting the relationship with a, with a professor and the student, it's wonderful. We have a couple of students who are even no longer in classes with certain professors that are still in touch with them, uh, who might go and visit and have conversations and those kinds of things. And I think those are really, really um, important and powerful relationships for the future. That's amazing. So amazing. Absolutely amazing to hear about that. Uh, my next question is, how long have you been with Ipsy? And right. You know what? I've been with the IPSC program for uh, about uh, two and a half years, just a little bit over. Um, it's been the quickest two and a half years of my life because it's been an extremely busy two and a half years. But, you know, um, before I came into IPSC, I had not heard of the services. I've worked in this uh, field, um, you know, providing services for um, adults with intellectual disabilities for many, many years. But, you know, uh, I don't think it's still a common knowledge that these kinds of programs exist. Um, so I think it's it's been some of the most important work that I've done um, and really, really honored to be involved with such a, a great initiative um, and such a fabulous organization. I think this uh, inter interview we're doing today will hopefully spread that message about this wonderful program here and hopefully get more people involved and throughout the city. So my uh, next question is actually... Um, what were your most memorable parts about your job here at IPSE? Right. You know, I was thinking about this question last night and I was really having trouble because there's been so many. Um, but I think that some things that is simple as the conversations that we've had as a staff team uh, and with students um, and other um, of our, uh, you know, our partner relationships as well. Things like just questioning the norms and looking at how we can do things differently and better, um, challenging our own ideas of what's been historically traditional services for adults with disabilities. Um, I think another thing that we've really um, been striving to do, and certainly not in any perfect fashion, um, but we've been looking at true choice making. So, you know, um, often we'll see in the, in the field of, of working with adults with disabilities, there's sort of a, a limited framework of choices that are called choices that aren't really choices at all. Um, so looking at... Um, <laughs> sort of giving students permission, in a sense, to um, experience difficulty, um, looking at ways that we can help them navigate things that are challenging so that when they come out of experiences like that, that they're more resilient. So not creating easy pathways, but more realistic pathways as they journey into the life of, a, of an adult. 
Um, I think another couple of things, again, I have to get back to the relationships that we've garnered with our university partners. It's been especially here, and both partnerships for sure, but I, my office is is, uh, is here on the University of Calgary campus. Just the support and the um, interest that we've received from the University of Calgary at all levels has been phenomenal. Um, we had a wonderful meeting just the other day with the new president, uh, um, um, Dr. Ed McCauley, and uh, Dr. Susan Barker, who's our liaison, uh, vice provost and student services has been an absolutely uh, phenomenal uh, support for us. So, But everybody here has offered assistance and interest and wants to get involved and wants to get to know our students and support them however they can. So for such a large institution, I think they've um, done a phenomenally uh, great environment of, of providing those types of, kinds of supports. The other thing that I'm really um, proud of and I think has been most memorable, and you were part of this as well, Quinn, which was great, but we've been trying to do a little more speaking and sort of getting out of the community and and um, getting some excitement generated regarding some of these things. So uh, not that long ago, we did something uh, in partnership with Alberta Health Services. Uh, they have a community education program where we were able to do a webcast with them um, that involved our students. Students did a, a presentation as part of that. Um, we had various members of our staff team as well speaking. And I think not only was it a great opportunity because it's now available for people to listen to at any time, but at the same time, um, it was a really neat speaking opportunity. And that's something that's important. And particularly our students, we got some coaching in in terms of what speaking looks like and how to be a great speaker. And that was a really exciting opportunity for all of us that we hope to replicate in the future. So my question is, are we getting students from programs like the education department Coming in from, you know, the university and how are they, you know, helping to build that relationship with the, uh, with IPSE? Mm -hmm. So... I think that everybody here and, and both of our university partners is certainly invested in the long term, like the longevity and uh, the growth of, of of an initiative like this. There's many different layers to looking at how growth looks um, in services that are funded through. Um, we're funded just to back up a little bit through the provincial government, uh, through persons with developmental disabilities or PDD. Um, so people who come into our services need to be eligible uh, for their funding. So as much as we want, uh, I think the university uh, would certainly love to see more of this. Um, there's certainly aspects of funding that need to be considered uh, and those kinds of things. But what the university does really well, and um, particularly in recent uh, times, is really sharing the message. Um, you know, um, they, they're they quite connected to political partners and things like that. And it's lovely to see, you know, um, IPSC services being talked about in general. Um, I think it's still something that's... Um, you know, uh, a bit new for a lot of people, even though they've been around for quite some time. Um, so I think that everybody's doing a beautiful job of networking. Uh, my opinion is that creating as many partnerships in the community, um, every service that we have that's funded through PDD is very different, but I think of, of, of value. Um, there's many different individuals with varying needs in the persons with disabilities community. Um, and I think offering a plethora of different services out there really serves everybody. Well. well, when you think about inclusion, Quinn, and, and the concept of it, which is really um, a very certainly complex uh, topic, 
really, when you look at a lot of what creates inclusive opportunity is the opportunity itself. So it's the opportunity for somebody to be presented into an environment that typically they're not um, involved in. So I think that's certainly stage one. So on a, on, a, on the grand scheme of things with our students, for example, um, attending lecture classes as they do on an audit basis within our program, um, that's a great opportunity for integration just to have them there. When we move through the inclusion model into something like UDL, for example, that's more of the ultimate outcome. Um, and that's where we look at universal design, um, which is a lovely and important part of conversation here um, on campus as well. I think in the future, what I think we'll probably see is some pilots in terms of UDL-based classrooms with some very interested professors um, and with, with support of, of UCalgary that's been stated. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, and again, continuing to build partnership in the community and creating community awareness and all that is, is really integral as well. Relationships are so important. Absolutely. Collaboration is the key. Uh, what do you hope for in the future for the growth of the IPSC at the University of Calgary? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think just at the very basic uh, sense of that question, I look at really just numbers. And I think um, looking at representation on campus, I mean, we certainly uh, could accommodate many, many more uh, individuals uh, who want to, to um, get into services like ours. So, I mean, there's, uh, I think, what, 30-some 30, 30 thousand uh, individuals attending uh, um, services here on campus, uh, traditionally enrolled students. And uh, I think our representation being that we have 13 students is, is fairly low. <laughs> so lots of room for growth there. But as I mentioned previously, that's not just something that everybody goes, yeah, that's a great idea. There's many um, layers of, uh, of decision making and complexity involved with that, most predominantly funding. Um, and um, things are, you know, interesting with new government, of course, right now and how funding will look in the future for um, services like ours. So I think it's also a really good opportunity for um, individuals to advocate for services, services like these that do promote inclusion and diversity and equity. That's uh, always important. It is. Do you think that technology will play an important part in the future of education and inclusive education as well? I sure do. You know, uh, in in uh, technology is definitely something so interesting because it can be inclusive, but it can also be dividing um, depending on where people's knowledge is in terms of technology itself. Um, do I think that technology is a part of um, modern higher learning? Uh, I absolutely do. Um, and I think it's responsibility of services like ours to get on board with that so that, uh, so that we can uh, embrace uh, technological advances to the benefit of our students. Um, and it's really interesting as well that a lot of our students that come into the service, and although we don't have a, a, an age requirement of any kind, but a lot of them are younger, so in their early 20s, and they ha already have inherently uh, a much better grasp of basic technology and technological advancements than we do. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, uh, um, younger folks these days sort of uh, do come up with a, um, you know, um, sort of knowing it from birth, whereas um, some of us who aren't in our 20s uh, are sort of learning as we go. So I think they're helping us in a way to embrace technology as well, um, which is wonderful. I think that's a real win-win when we can kind of help each other um, in terms of some of those things. So sort of purposeful adaptation 
I think that's something uh, to describe it uh, well. But it's it's just important that we're mindful of the trends um, and creating strategies for action in terms of technology as well. So what type of technology have you implemented with IPSC so far mm-hmm. with um, getting the word out about this wonderful program? Right, right. So when we look at basic technological needs or, and apps and things that assist our students, there's so many and they're absolutely wonderful. Um, so day-to-day things would be apps that would help um, people to create schedules, um, to be on time for things, um, to you know generate reminders, to remind people to take care of themselves. And those are all things that we advocate for um, in terms of facilitating um, success for the individuals that utilize our services. But it's so nice to have uh, technological advancements that create that level of independence for them. And then looking at the bigger picture, Quinn, um, we're just starting to get into things that help us to um, share a little bit. And I know that you created something wonderful for us at one time, which was an amazing PowerPoint on campus life. So uh, again, it's so wonderful to have a student uh, sharing the word on on, uh, in terms of how campus life is for a student. I think that's really, really powerful from a student perspective. Um, And then in the in the grander scheme of things, looking at things like a website, which we just have uh, uh, up now. Um, we're getting into social media. We've just kind of started some social media and that kind of thing. And just starting those um, initiatives with the corresponding con- conversations that they entice um, is always a good thing. So my my next question to kind of side ba- uh, backside, mm-hmm. what has been the relationship with, you know, other universities with IPSC and discussing about, you know, the future. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, like, say, other universities like in Saskatchewan or in British Columbia, have anybody inquired? Oh, yes. Yeah, um, definitely. We've had some inquiries from uh, organizations that don't currently have IPSC services within uh, within what they do. Um, so it's it's always wonderful if we've had some people come visit to learn a little bit more uh, and that kind of thing. Um, so again, I think there's a, a wonderful, genuine curiosity that's happening. Um, and I don't think a lot of um, organizations or institutions really knew it was possible to do something like this. So the fact that there's many different models related to IPSC PSC out there right now that kind of look um, again slightly different run in different ways through different models um, is great because people can kind of look at those different options and say hey maybe that is something that we could adapt to what we do Um, so I think that again healthy curiosity um, is nothing but beneficial uh, for everybody it's like inclusion inclusion means everybody wins Um, so I think there's a real desire being reflected um, from um, organizations all around the world in terms of these kinds of programs and um, being like, hey, we'd love to do that too. And if we can help in any way to make that happen um, through conversations, and there's lots of other good providers that can provide those insights as well, but we're always glad to have those conversations. That's that's wonderful to hear. Thank you. Um, my next question is, what is the relationship between IPSC and University of Calgary and the province? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Our partnership with the University of Calgary is based on a letter of agreement 
that we have. And that's simply that, um, you know, we have a certain amount of students here. This is how we make things work. This is the relationship that we have um, with particular individuals here uh, at the University of Calgary. Um, so that's that's exciting to have. Um, that's something that's been generated fairly recently that we're really so grateful for. Um, and then when we look at the province, um, our direct relationship to the province is really more in relation to funding. Um, so um, provincial funding is what generates the funding that supports our services, that provides funding for our program to provide to facilitators that make things happen uh, on a day-to-day level. So, um, so yeah, there's lots of really interesting indirect and direct relationships that happen to make this work. And um, the, the best part of that is that everybody works together uh, very functionally. Um, we have a very good relationship with our uh, contract manager and the coordinators coordinators at PDD. Um, and again, just based on good, honest conversations, um, we've had very positive experiences through them. And again, we don't deal with the province directly, um, but we do hear uh, the news. So <laughs> we always hope that things are, uh, are going to be continuously supported in terms of services like ours and other services for individuals with intellectual disabilities um, and look forward to hearing how things move along. How can our listeners get in touch with the Inclusive Post-Secondary Education Program to learn more? to learn more about this great program. Sure. So one of the greatest ways is um, we have our offices here on campus um, at the University of Calgary, and, and as well, we have facilitator offices over at St. Mary's University. But particularly here, um, we're located in the Education Tower. Um, you can drop down. Uh, my office is in 5-1 in the tower, and you can always sort of just pop by. If the door's open, there's always a good chance to just pop in and say hello, and we love that. Um, always a phone call is great as well, so you can call or email by normal means. Um, our contact info is related on our website, but basic contact uh, for my office, you can call 403-220-2826. And then looking at our website, Facebook, Instagram, those kinds of things, you can uh, search Ipsy, Alberta, or sorry, Ipsy Society of Alberta, and uh, you should have some good things come up through there. But uh, always, always welcome inquiries and um, questions and those kinds of things. It's, it's something that we really um, love in terms of those conversations. Thank you, Rhonda Frizzell, for coming into CGSW today. This was a great interview. Quinn, thank you so much. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Um, every time we get to talk, I I come away with just this wonderful feeling. And, uh, I, um, and congratulations on all your successes as well. Thanks for having me, and I'd love to come in anytime. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. You were just listening to my interview that I had with Rhonda Frizzell, the former director of the Inclusive Post-Secondary Education Program here at the University of Calgary this past August on CGSW 90.9 FM. Thanks for listening.